Lagos Talks 91.3 and Corporate Shepherds presents the man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Enang. Welcome, my dear friends. I'm very distinguished listeners to Navigate with I.D., your business school on radio. It's time for us to look at the business of enterprise, and we've been looking at the subject of marketing. It's been an amazing journey. For those of you that have just tuned in, I will bid you welcome. For those that have been on track, I equally bid you welcome. I hope you're able to turn some of the insights you have had, some of the new learnings and all of that, and translating them into opportunities. I want to thank each and every one of you who has reached out one way or the other by different uh, media available, especially social media. That's where I get a bit of uh, direct messaging. And um, I want to thank you for the comments and the commentaries, and more importantly, for some of the questions that you've posited. Uh, this morning, I had one of my mentees, you know, call me up to say he's having serious challenges at, at work. Um, he works for one of the FMCG companies. And I asked him on what kind of platter, what direction. And he said, you know what? We are having challenges getting new customers. So I said to him, you know what? I don't have any answer for you. Just go go to my podcast and then listen to the last three episodes. I'm sure you'll get your solutions. So somehow this is about feeding. This is about nurturing. This is about making the best of it. I want you to understand that you may think that marketing is complicated. No, marketing is not. Marketing is actually the best leverage when it comes to business. So when you talk about getting new customers, making more money, and standing out from the crowd, the only vessel that can get you to that destination is marketing because everything falls and starts with marketing. So in the course of this journey, we've been looking at the different phases before, during, and after. And we've been sitting in the phase where we want to nurture leads. So this is about nurturing leads. In the last episode, I've taken you on this spectacular drive, marketing like a farmer. I love the analogy of the farmer. I like the character of the farmer. If I'll be honest with you, everything I do, I center it around this personality and character, that of a farmer you can actually apply it to different facets of life. And so let's take a, a peep into the past and also go into the future because if you are running a business and you need to build your marketing infrastructure, then you need to start from the very crux, and that is having the mindset of a farmer. Would you know by reason of research and statistics, and do you know that, you know, Statistics quoted worldwide, especially in terms of sales and marketing circles, where I tend to belong in a way, that 50% of salespeople give up after one contact. So you make one contact and you give up because of one contact. 65% give up after two contacts. And about 80% give up after three shots. So you find that people progressively just get up you meet the first contact, you meet the second, and by the third one, 80%, 8 out of 10 people walk away. Why would you walk away? So think for a second that a farmer were to go plant seeds and then he refuses to water them more than once or twice or thrice. Would he have a successful harvest? Would he? Would he have a successful harvest? No, I doubt it. That is exactly what you do. And that is what you would do if you keep running away from the first contact, the second contact, the third one. But in real sense, let me say this to you, that in marketing, the money is in the follow-up. That destination, that profit you're looking for is your ability to follow through. You know, I like the game of golf, though I've not touched the club in donkey years. I just hope someday I'll be able to knock out myself and get through the riddle of getting back on course. That day will come, and I'll tell you, 
I need to actually celebrate it. But right now, I can tell you that if you want to drive the resources at the tail end, the money is in the follow-up and follow-through. So let me walk through what we are looking at this particular edition about nurturing leads. Because there are very many of us that start to sell our businesses or trying to prospect. We've gotten through the, the first hurdle. Or some are even thinking about it. They've gotten a great product, great service, great opportunity. But now they are not able to knock through the pack. So let's start from here. You have a lead. You have an opportunity. You have a contact. You have someone you can sell to. Your first contact, what happens? If you give up, then you are one of the 50%. But if you stay, you will shift by coming back again. You know, you'll come back, make a second contact. And then at this second space, 65% of people typically give up because the person will give you some attitude, will tell you, I have not changed my mind and there's nothing you can do about it. I'm not interested in your business, your product or your service. And so you begin to ask yourself, did I get it right? And as you go through the multiplicity of contacts, you begin to feel that there's something wrong with you or probably something is wrong with the products that you have. It may not be. So let's shift gears and go to the third contact. It is at this point that 80% of salespeople you know, would have just said, you know what, I'm dusting my hands, I'm off. This business is not going to work. Why should you be among that 80? I'd rather prefer that you continue. Make another contact with this same lead that you have made. Make it a fourth time. Don't become an irritant, by the way. I'm not asking you that you make this every day. Now, there are some people that can be so, so irritating. They come the first day, they come the second day, they come the third day. Then you're making yourself a nuisance. And just the same way, I have awe. When someone calls me first time, it rings. Almost immediately after calls, the second, a third, a fourth, a fifth, I'll block the person. Because that person is abusing the privilege. You don't make a call once and that person does not pick it up, does not mean the person is either deaf to what you're saying or to the ring. No, maybe he's busy. So send a note. Send a message. Oh, I just called you, Mr. So-so-and-so, and I'd like to ascertain if I can see you um, as agreed next week or this week. Then he can respond. And if he doesn't respond in good time, give him 24, 48 hours, and follow up with the call. That's why I said in marketing, the money is in the follow-up, but it is a wise follow-up, not a stupid one. A stupid one is the one you do back-to-back. -back. You just keep calling, no, you become a nuisance. And you know what? The best thing they do to nuisance and pests, just look for an incenticide and the man will, will just blow you out with one, one, one fleet. You just hear, and that's it. You're gone with the wind. So the time has come for you to make the first contact. Don't be amongst the 50. Make a second. Don't be amongst the 65 that go away. Make the third contact. Don't be among the 80% that give up. And by the time you make the fourth contact, you know something? That person will begin to take judicial notice of you and say, there's something about this guy. There's something about this lady. I like her resilience and the persistence. The person is not in my face. The person obviously must have something that will be of benefit to me. He or she is trying to reach out to me in a way and manner that I think it's time to give him or her the audience. And that's where the fifth contact comes to life. Why? Because at the fourth contact, that person would have recognized that there's some low-hanging fruit. There's something, there's a residue about you, about your business, about your product, about your service, about what you're doing that he or she needs to take notice of. And then it's at that point that the door could open. And when the door opens, the contact opens up and says, can we meet at so-so day? I'm giving you an appointment. And so you have become a factor in that lead's mind. So that particular lead that you have or contact that you've made from the fourth 
has now yielded the last one, which is the door being opened to you. And that is the fifth contact. So the question is, from the next contact, what are you going to do differently? And this is the point where the work starts. This is the point where you begin to nurture slowly. This is the point where your lead gets to know a bit more about you. Remember, as at the first contact, you were just trying to prospect because this lead of yours never knew anything about you. It was just a prospect. Didn't know you that you existed. But by reason of introduction or referral or something, you were able to make the first contact, which could have been a disaster if you decided to walk away like 50% of the salespeople do when they give up. So you make the sixth contact, and that's where your lead gets to know you. And from there, you get to the seventh. That seventh is where you earn some top-of-mind awareness. The person has a recall of your name, has a recall of your company and what you do. And then you're getting into the chatty-chatty mode. You're getting to the point where there is an eighth meeting contact. Now, in that person's repertoire, you're probably the only person that may have gotten to meet him or her the eighth time. Now, by the time you hit the ninth button, that's the ninth contact, now you're ready to be able to make a sale. Or there's a 90% chance that the person is now going to buy or is ready to buy. So by the time you take on from the 10th meeting all the way to the 12th and beyond, you would have gotten into a place where you have now converted this lead to become your fan, your customer, your consumer, your everything that you desire. What then happens is that you now build a strong relationship with that prospect by delivering value in advance, by building trust and demonstrating the fact that you care and that your product or service is coming with something that that person requires. Now, can you see how it is so difficult to run marketing with the mindset of a hunter? But marketing needs to be run with the mindset of a farmer before you can convert to hunt. But there's nothing that says you cannot go through as a hunter, by the way. But you know that when you're doing that, you must be very specific. It's almost like taking on, like having the Air Force to go into a particular city to drop some pellets. And then you must zero in on your target and make sure that it gets there, it delivers. Because if it doesn't, the chances of having casualties are very high. Collateral damage. So when you go with the mindset of a hunter, you are very, very likely to have collateral damage because you may not have all the facts. You may not see the data. You may not even understand. That's why it's very important before the Air Force is called into a mission, they have to be extremely sure that there are no casualties, whether in the form of civilians, whether in the form of women and children. Have you watched movies where the Air Force or the military is about to go into an operation and they need to move into a particular location and they now suddenly at the point where they, the Air Force pilot is now zooming in and they now see civilians or children or women scampering to safety. What does he do? He aborts the trip. Why? Because there will be collateral damage. Even if the target is in that space, then they require who? The infantry to go in. The infantry will go in because they would have been trained to now go in, but they need to do some recce. And without the recce, you cannot get in. You can't just walk into a landmine. You'll be blown away. And so that's why soldiers are important when you are talking about the land. But if you choose to fly, then the Air Force needs to come in, put those things in place so that the infantry can mop up. That's exactly how it works with marketing. That's exactly how it takes. When you want to go through that process of being a hunter, that's the mindset, and you could have collateral damage. But I'm showing you a better alternative, which is going through as a farmer, where you plant the seed, where you need to come back every day. You need to water 
that particular seed. You need to clear the weeds all around. You need to come into the farm and check that all is well. That is the contact that the farmer makes first time just because of one seed that he planted. So when you are going to sell your idea, you've sat down, you've looked at this business that you want to do. Why are you in a hurry to get customers? That you have one lead. You need to adopt the strategy and the mindset of a farmer. So once you capture that lead, that lead goes into your system. And I mean, when that lead becomes a full-fledged fan or customer, they now will make repeated contacts over time. Your duty is to ensure that you provide the service value and that you are trusted. One thing you must understand is that if you don't build a good relationship by giving your lead value in advance and getting them to buy every time from you or to serve or to ask for your service and you don't enact trust, then you are paving the way for a competitor or some other person to snatch that lead from you. You must accept the fact that most people will not be ready to buy right away also. So what do you do? You put them into a database, and that database is something that you can use to reach them, and could be either by email, or it could even be by snail mail, like I said. It could be direct mail. It could be any form. But there's a way to stay in touch. You must, just like a farmer, prepare your prospects to become ready for the harvest because that is something that must happen. So let me switch tense now and get to the point where you have been able to put all of this together. You've been able to grow the list of your prospects and you've been able to drive a relationship that will make them appreciate that they are the most valuable asset to your business and in your business, that you'll make them understand that, yes, they are treated as a golden goose. And then it is time for you then to bring in the aspect of how you are going to build your own infrastructure. Now, if you take on the mindset of a farmer, you become a marketing farmer. You will have a rich and continual harvest because your pool of leads, customers, would keep on growing in leaps and bounds in not just number, but also in terms of quality. Why? Because like bigots like, the customers will go and tell some other customer who is like them. And by the way, let me tell you something. Another way where you can actually, you know, take on a lead from a lead is by asking a very fervent customer of yourself. We call you referrals, but this is a very serious way that you can now say to that person, do you have a friend, brother, sister, cousin who you know would like you know, this kind of service within your circle of influence? And this contact or lead of yours will say, yes, surely I do. I have a friend. As a matter of fact, I have a brother. I have a cousin. Now, from that one lead, you're stretching the tentacles and the opportunities you know, out to plant all seeds. So now those seeds will now come as a result of this referral. Now you start wondering, how do people build the marketing infrastructure? This is how you build it. This is how you capture leads. This is how you go with intentionality by driving a purposeful dimension of carrying your business into every single space. I know it is not easy. I know it is something that you require um, different strategies and tools, tactics. But let me tell you something. There's one way. We've talked about the mailing system. That's one way. Whether you want to send by snail mail, whether you want to send by email, whatever mail format you decide, that's one way. There's the second way, which is a physical meeting. And then there's the third opportunity, which is about you exploring other opportunities when you get to meet people or go for conventions. Now, one thing you must understand, friends, is that when you capture 
elite and you are intentional through the purpose of advertising because the whole concept of advertising is with the intention of capturing leads. And capturing leads is one thing, but what you do with these leads is what really separates the boys from the men. Have you ever had the experience of inquiring about a product or service and never receiving any follow-up? There are so many lost sales that are happening every day, especially people that have to go to work. They have a side hustle. So maybe they have a business and they have to put a foreman or a sales boy or a sales girl in there and they then choose what time of the day, what time of the year they will go visit. They don't go there frequently because they are not farmers. A farmer goes to his farm to inspect what he expects. There are many people, there are very many of you that are listening to me. You have one side hustle or one business or the other. Maybe you have a, a little grocery store or maybe you have a little shop somewhere or maybe you're selling something or maybe you actually have some engineering specialty. Maybe you have an eatery. Maybe you have a, a boutique. Maybe dot, 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 ellipsis. You have anything. Just fill in the blanks and you have somebody there as your rep. Now, in putting that rep there, when was the last time you went to inspect that place? Do you have any processes in that store or business of yours? Was you just point at it and say, oh, I have a place along so-so-and-so road. That is all. And then the store boy, store girl, the salesman, sales girl is without supervision. It's because you are not an inquirer. It is because you don't need it. Have you ever had the experience of inquiring about a product or service and never receiving any follow-up or someone speaking to you? That could be what's happening to your business because you put somebody in charge. That is a sign of a broken marketing infrastructure. You are breaking your business and destroying it. Remember I said to you, if you are a marketing farmer, you would ask yourself, what really is my own infrastructure? Many don't understand that whatever you sit to do, you need to do it well. So having a system where you can robustly sort, sift, screen prospects, get customers so that you can leverage your time more effectively is actually the beginning of building your marketing infrastructure. And that database could go up for as many years and decades as possible. Because at some point, when you are sending mails out to them and sending messages to them as at when due, updating and refreshing opportunities where they can get solutions to whatever they are doing, you will see that your job is to market to them until they buy or they decide to move on to a new age. Now, it may look like this is a pester. No. It becomes pestering when you're doing it day in, day out. You can put a time lag of every two weeks, just drop something. But it has to be something that makes sense. It has to be something that will be very yielding, you know, to the solution-minded man or woman who's looking or having challenges in this area. And you are just going to talk about something that will be interesting to him or her. Otherwise, they will hit the delete button or block that particular space. That's not what you need. So please do not be a pest. Instead of being a pest, I truly advocate and suggest that you should become a welcome guest. Send your very high probability prospects a continuous stream of value until they are ready to buy. Something that they will appreciate. You know, Way back in the day when I was brand manager of a soft drink, at way back then, I used to have um, an opportunity to sit down when we are having our strategy sessions where we want to drive a meal campaign because occasion-based marketing is probably one of the best ways where you can drive frequency and usage of your product. And so we thought about restaurants. So what happens in your usual three, four, five-star restaurants? The ones where you sit down and then 
there's a service that you have a waiter, very different from the one on the bottom of the pyramid. When you go to a booker, yeah, there's some sophisticated bookers where you sit down and then the waiter comes. But most times with bookers, you go straight to the temple and then you'll be able to see which of the items you want to pick. And then you, you turn to a pointer and you keep pointing and the woman on the other side serving. And by the way, it's always women or one mama. She will tell you, this is there, this is there. You know, you keep pointing and when you finish pointing, she serves and you go away. Now, the only time you get a waiter is when you're asking for drinks. That's the operational way at the local level, booker. But when you get into a four-star restaurant, by the time the waiter comes to you and leaves the menu with you, and then you place your order, between that time and when the food comes, what do you do? And so we devise the means of putting 10 cards. That's how you find 10 cards in those places. Something that is informative, that the person that has come can find something new to just keep his time while 15 minutes we are able to get his meal ready. He'll come back and always look forward to something fresh, something to learn. Why? Because we have, as a service, welcomed our guests. Friends, we were back on the second half. Um, don't go away. Just want to pay some bills. And I'll just say to you, we'll be right back. This is Navigate with ID. Brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome back, dear friends. It's still the Business School on Radio. And just in case you, you know, found yourself on this beautiful channel, I bid you welcome. And to those of you who were with me on the first stanza, welcome and let's keep the ball rolling. Yeah, we're talking about nurturing leads and we're really looking at the business of enterprise and how we can utilize marketing to make sure that we get ourselves to the point where our businesses, our services, or whatever we're doing will get engraved in the hearts of people that become ultimate fans and customers. And we did say in the first half that we need to adopt marketing like a farmer would naturally be in his element. So if you truly want to deliver and you want marketing to work for you you need to develop the mindset of a farmer and adopt it not just develop it adopt it because if you go with that mindset over time you will build a strong relationship with your prospects by delivering value in advance by building trust and then ultimately you not only have us but you demonstrate authority why because in marketing the follow-up is what guarantees the money or the follow-through is what guarantees the money at the tail end. If you don't see the money at the end, whether in terms of profits or cash, then boy, your journey is incomplete. We also talked about building the marketing infrastructure, which is really about how to harness the, the leads that you have, how to nurture them. And that's the space in which we did say categorically that your job is to keep them, market them, keep the relationship warm until they buy. Now, keep going. Don't give up. Don't be like some of salespeople that will go with the first contact, second, and they're tired. By the third, statistics tells us that 80% of salespeople give up after the third contact. No, don't be like that. And don't be a pest. What we said is rather than being a pest, we advocate that you become a welcome guest and do something different. Just stream some value until that prospect of yours or that lead becomes a valuable customer for life. And then looking with a good peep into this marketing infrastructure, I would like you know, to share with you what I consider assets. Because when you look at the word infrastructure, infrastructure in its infital, in a very small context, always refers to assets. So imagine when I say your marketing infrastructure, that will be made up of assets. And these assets are things that you have to successfully build, nurture, and then deploy. Because 
is the infrastructure that you build that you will manage that will ultimately deliver the goods for you down the road. So what are examples of assets that you should make every effort to ensure that you know you keep in view and that you harness very well in the most ethical and painless ways? Number one, you need to find a way to capture your leads through your website. So your website is a marketing asset. Newsletters, blogs, free reports, sequence of direct mails. You might have uh, go through a format or using a mail team, and then you can sequence your messaging. Email sequencing. Social media platforms will serve as your assets too. You can have some videos online, their assets. And I'll think about the skits that this that the guys in comedy and all that do, their assets. They are building marketing infrastructure. Podcasts like we have with Navigate with ID, sitting on Anchor, sitting on Spotify, your audio CDs and the things you transmit, they are marketing assets. Your ads, whether print the graphics that you have. And if you're one who is selling physical stuff, you need to understand that the tools or equipment you utilize for that are your assets too. Your email autoresponders are assets. And one of the things that you must understand is that as you continue to build bigger and more sophisticated assets, you will make up some as your core. Some of them will become your extreme core, and that's where you need somebody to harness and make sure they maintain it. When you talk about customer relations management or CRM, CRM cannot run without assets or infrastructure. So if you are thinking about going into business, just know that from day one, you need to build your assets. You need to have infrastructure because every single asset or infrastructure has a rationale, has a place, and has a purpose. But one thing I must tell you, friends, it does take time and money to build such marketing infrastructure. Just the same way it takes a long time to build a physical infrastructure, like a road, like a railway network, like a house, the bulk of the time and cost will always go into that initial build. Have you tried to put together some money to build a house? You will see that it's at that point of excavation, foundation, and then laying the blocks and letting it come through to the decking, and then all the way. That is where the bulk of the time will run. Now, when you get into it and the cost equally, but then afterwards, when the house is ready, when the road is ready, when the network of roads are ready, what you need is maintenance and continuous refinement, which we are very poor at. But then if you take that into your business, that is your own marketing infrastructure, you must have a resource person or resource persons who will help you manage them. Otherwise, the same way infrastructure get to decay, either in terms of roads getting spoiled, so with your own marketing assets, and guess what? You'll just begin to see a downturn in your business. There are so many businesses today that are going down simply because the assets are not sweating. You must sweat your assets. Is your database up to date? Or is that still as the last meal you ate? five years ago in a certain restaurant that doesn't exist again. The customers don't even expect or remember that they ever came to your store. Five years ago was the last time they had any contact with you. And let me even be as vain as I would say, imagine having a child. Your wife just gives birth to a bouncing baby boy or girl. And then when the child is just about two years of age, you disappear and never come back. 
maybe for five years. All of a sudden, you appear and say, yes, this is my child. I want to claim the child. Your irresponsibility has made you get up and wake up and say, I think I have a child somewhere, whether male or female. You know, these things happen. And then you decide to go across the family to say, I want my child. And when you go close to the child, this child screams and says, and cries and does not want you. You're wondering, ah, but this is your daddy. This is your mommy. The child does not listen because he or she has a new daddy and a new mommy. The ones that are taking care of him or her. That's exactly what happens in business. Very many of you think that because you sold to someone five years ago, the person will still have you at the back of their head. No, they've moved on. There's a new sheriff in town. There's some other person who's taking that space. So, you know, it is very, very unfortunate, but getting to see that a lot of business names are being delisted. Of course, there are several reasons that the promoter may have gone past. Yeah, some of them, the businesses do not have structure. Otherwise, the promoter may have gone, gone in the sense that died and the businesses may have gone bankrupt. It also tells you how our system does not in any way create a rounded cycle of evaluation and metric management. It's two-way. I mean, what has CAC done all these years that they are not interacting with their customers? But like every other thing, the government feels that they have the right of way always. You can't be right. It's a two-way street, friend. So even if it's government providing a service where you are supposed to register, they should have a database. That's their own marketing infrastructure. I mean, the one that is very funny, NSITF or any of these uh, characters that they wake up one day, maybe they've told them the government is not supporting you again. Go and look for your money. And then suddenly they'll go and dust up some files from ages. And suddenly somebody calls you like a customer rep somewhere and said, hello, hello, is this Mr. Enang? Yes, I'm calling you from NSITF. And I said, so what? When last did you see my name? He said, okay, um, are you still the, your address we have here is uh, Cadbury, Nigeria. I said, Cadbury, Nigeria. I said, you see how still and how old you are? Last week, I got a call from a certain um, security and exchange, um, you know, one of these guys that do securities or shares. Apparently, I must have had shares in that company. I'm not going to call the name. And somebody calls me up and says, uh, by reason of the new law, uh, KYC, I said, Oga, madam, I've not, I've not heard from your company in 15 years and you're coming from the woodwork. It was at the time I was at Coke that I was, you know, buying some shares and I got, my friend apparently was always pestering me. He used to work there that I should please, you know, extend some whatever they'll help me broker and get some shares. And that's the company and they've changed, metamorphosed into another. And now they're coming to me to do KYC. And then rather than tell me that, um, oh, this is where they said, oh, we are, your passport that we have with us is outdated. And I said, why should it be dated? There's no relationship. Do you see how we destroy our infrastructure? Same thing with relationships. Many of you, five years ago, you saw someone. You were jolly, jolly. Why? Because he was sitting on a particular seat. And because he moved on, you forgot totally about him because it was the seat that you were interested in. You didn't see that that person is an asset. That moving from that seat to another, you are actually having an extended department, an extended resource that God has given to you. But what do we do? Ah, is the man on the seat that we give obeisance to. That is the person we see as the asset of the moment because we want to milk it. We are selfish. The average human being here is so selfish. They only respect the seat, not the person. And so when the person moves, they come back to that seat because it's the seat they are looking for. Then one day, they'll find this person somewhere and they say, um, excuse me, are you Mr. So-so-and-so? You used to work at so-so-and-so place? You say, yes. Oh, I am so-so-and-so. I used to. You say, oh, used to. Well, that was then. This is now. He said, oh. Sorry, I didn't know that you are in this office now. I would love to. I mean, this morning I shocked one of my mentees. 
the last time he got in touch with me probably would be maybe two years ago. I don't know. Can't remember. Then he sent me a message and says, bros, I am, um, and I said to him, you know what? Because you have this access to me, you think you can just come in when you have a challenge and I give you the answer. I said, go meet my manager. They will schedule you for, for coaching session, two sessions. They will schedule you for coaching if you want. It will be paid, fully paid coaching session. Go there. And I called my manager and I said, expect so and so to come. You know, I don't get involved with your commercialization and billing. If you bill the person, bill. Bill. So any of you that thinks that, oh, Mr. ID is there, I'll just run to him. Don't run to me, I'll bill you. Because uh, the taxman is not looking at me and sometimes they look at this program and they think that you guys are shedding a lot of things. They don't know that it's whistle stop. It's because we don't respect assets. We don't respect infrastructure that we have. We take them to be automated. Anytime I can just start it and run. That's how you treat your customers. You don't even understand that every single customer is an asset that will reproduce another asset, that will continue to produce an asset. And your balance sheet, your personal balance sheet, which is your marketing infrastructure, will yield so much that years after, why do you think that some brands, some companies are there after 100 years? They've solidly kept their assets. It's the marketing infrastructure. It's the totality of their customer base that they know that, okay, if we are going to protect it in such that not more than X percent, maybe one, we don't want to lose more than 2% every year in terms of attrition, they'll come looking for you. And if you want to take it even into the gospel, there are very many churches that go for evangelism. And when they do, they go after that, they go follow up. You see that even in that, they follow up. And after they follow up, what happens? First time, second time, say, this guy, this guy, no, they walk away the same way. But if you're persistent, at some point, the guy is going to turn and say, you must be very persistent. So I'm going to listen to you. And they get converted. And their faith antenna, they go do the same thing. They keep preaching the gospel to the next person. At the end of the day, the assets that the kingdom builds has come because one man has reached out to one and has been able to retain. And that's how the Holy Book talks about the fruit that abide. Look into your barn right now. How many fruits abide? How many assets are there? Those are your marketing assets. Those are your leads that you've been converting, that have stayed with you, that have been there for your business. And even if you've not, now I'm telling you how to keep your network, how to ensure that your marketing infrastructure is solidly kept. And why? Because they are the ones that will garner results. They're the ones that will continue to make your business grow as long as you keep the tenets of trust, integrity, value. So big question, friends. Are you building your marketing infrastructure? So you might look at me. Let me shift gears to career. There are many of you that are into some one job or the other. Do you realize that your colleagues, when the company sends you on a course, and then you go on this course, you meet other people from other companies. Many of you just decide to stay on your own. Oh, I'm an introvert. No, I don't speak. I don't talk. When is lunchtime or break time? You just pick up your coffee, tea, go and sit down. Say, no, I don't like to talk to people. I'm sorry for you because you will not have any structure. Not to talk of infra. You are just moving. You are a, you are a walking corpse. Why? Because nobody will associate with you. The day you lose that job, you know you can't call anybody. But if you want to live in, a, in abundance, then you know that there is treasure in earthen vessels. That is important that you relate to people. So if your company sends you on a course, go and relate with people, share knowledge, meet them. They are your future infrastructure that you leverage on. That, you know, you never can tell. Nobody knows where the water is going to go to. So you're not building marketing infrastructure that you would help you grow in your career or the job. What if you need some questions? There's an offer. There's an opening. There's an opportunity. Who do you call? My good brother, Frank Edo, will tell you, 
50-50 or phone a friend. How many of you have friends that you can call? Just pick up your phone and call. Phone a friend. It could even be for your son. It could be for your brother. It could be for your best friend. Do you have infrastructure? Do you have assets? Are you constantly building on and improving your marketing systems? Both for business, for career, and for everything. Friends, we don't joke. This thing is serious business. The same way we are taking on with business, the same way we'll take with career. This weekend, by the grace of God, on Saturday, I'll be with the Strategic Mentorship Initiative um, Smile Network. They are having a youth campaign, over 800 of them. And by the grace of God, I have the privilege to speak to those youths. And one of the things I'm going to tell them is don't take your infrastructure for granted. Never take infrastructure for granted. What does it mean to have infrastructure? It means that you must have the mindset of a farmer. Comes back to the seeds we sow, the way we nurture, the way we produce, the way we harvest, and the way we keep. The farmer does not just bring in, drop seeds on the ground, he nurtures, pampers them, comes to harvest, and at the end, he has a storage, he has a barn. In that barn, he has to make it cool for the type of product that is harvested. The barn for coconut will be very different from the one for yam. The ones for yams will be very different from plantain. The conditions in which you're going to keep them will be very different because these are his assets. And what does he do with these assets? He has to transfer them by reason of value in a valuable form to his customers. So the people coming to buy have a specification of the type of yam they are looking for. And so when they see that spec with this farmer, they always beat a pathway to his house, to his store. But maybe they don't know his store. What do they do? They ask a friend. And then they go there. Everything that we do every day, especially when it comes to nurturing leads, is for the future. Friends, it's not for the now. Don't be fooled. If you're nurturing your leads now for your business, for your career, it's not for now. It's actually for the future. Because there'll come a day that you'll need somebody, somehow, somewhere. And that's when you can phone a friend. That's when you can lace your hand on it. So a quick gainer ask you, are you building your marketing infrastructure? Are you constantly building on and improving your marketing systems? Doing so is what will put you far ahead of your competitors. Those of your colleagues that are looking at you and telling you, ah, Mr. Whatever, you're always everywhere. Let them tell you. They will yimu later. They will muyi. Not only yimu, they will muyi. They will collect what they're supposed to collect. Why? Because whoever is fluffing about will also see that they've not been deliberate about the things they need to do. And so, friends, it's important that I mention a few things. One of the things I need to mention is that most business owners choose several options based on their few interactions with their prospects. Whenever you interact with your prospects or the lead, there are several impressions. But let me talk about three impressions that may come. The first impression could be same-same, that is, that's how you are. It could be crappy or it could be mind-blowing. Now, when you look at the way things are done, especially when it comes to messaging and interacting with your leads and prospects, certain people like to go through the way that they know that they always go. Unfortunately, that may not work. There's a place where you should shock your prospects by giving them something that is different, something that brings a benefit-laden asset that is related not just to their business or to the service, but something that can help them. Do you know that it is ingenious? I mean, back in the day, when you buy books, I used to buy books, then whenever I travel and I get into 
any store, at least I make sure on any trip, I buy at least two books when I'm going and when I'm returning. So I always have two books on every trip. And it's, it's fascinating that sometimes you pick up a book and inside that book, you'll find a DVD or a CD player by the author. And the author introducing himself or lending credence to certain things he wants to draw attention to. And that's very amazing. In some other cases, there could be testimonials from other clients who have bought that particular book in that video format or audio format. In some other ways, you can also find inserts in the book. There could be clips or clippings from some mentions in the media about what the author wants to draw attention to. That's a way of maintaining some form of refreshing and rejuvenating messaging. That's a way to shock your audience. So look around and ask yourself, is there something you can do to shock your audience? Something that they will look at and say, wow. When you have the wow, then you know that you are there. You cannot substitute good marketing for bad math. No. You must become a farmer and not just any kind of farmer, a marketing farmer. Thank you so much, friends, for listening. I hope this has resonated with you. And if you have questions, please send a mail to contact at navigatewithid.com. And um, if you feel very strongly, please look out for my social media platforms. My handle is at I-D-Y-E-N-A-N-G. I'll be more than happy to engage you in an offline conversation if you truly want to become a marketing farmer. Thank you so much and God bless. Goodbye. And that was Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds.